Welcome to the Takeaway Podcast, where we cover the NBA and the NFL every single Wednesday, bringing you the most up-to-date news across both leagues for both sports nerds and newcomers alike. I am your host, Jihan Lee, and today we will be covering the most surprising 3-0 stars in the NFL, as well as the Ime Udoka suspension news. So today's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. I'm just a lot, I'm just busy with stuff going on in my life, you know, with school and stuff like that. So I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter than the usual length of the normal episodes. But um, today we've just finished uh, watching, uh, or not watching, but week three has just finished um, in the NFL. And there are two teams left that are still undefeated. Those are the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. And coincidentally, those are the two teams of the quarterbacks that we talked about last episode in episode three. So uh, today, um, we're just going to be talking about what we saw in week three and what can we, what can we expect? Are these two teams Super Bowl contenders? Are they the top teams in their respective conferences? What are the expectations that we should have for each of these teams from what we saw uh, in week three? So I think the biggest topic uh, of discussion is the Miami Dolphins beating the Bills 21-19. Now, this was a really, really, really interesting game. Um, I'm just going to run off a couple of stats of the game um, that happened and it's really surprising to see how the Miami Dolphins were able to pull this game away and get a uh, and come out of this with a two-point win so the time of possession for the Buffalo Bills was 40 minutes and 40 seconds while the Miami Dolphins had the ball for 19 minutes and 20 seconds so the Buffalo Bills roughly had the ball for just over two times longer than the Dolphins had the ball for. First downs, uh, the Buffalo Bills had 31 and the Miami Dolphins had 15. Once again, two times the number of first downs that the Miami Dolphins had. The total yards that were accumulated across the entire game was 497 total yards for the Buffalo Bills and 212 yards for the Miami Dolphins. Once again, that's two times more than what the Miami Dolphins were able to produce. The offensive plays, 90 for the Buffalo Bills, and 39 for the Miami Dolphins. To give perspective, the Buffalo Bills were able to run 51 more plays on offense in comparison to the Miami Dolphins. So once again, that's two times more uh, possessions or offensive plays than the Miami Dolphins had. And finally, the Buffalo Bills were only punting one time while the Miami Dolphins were forced to punt five. That is a crazy stat or just statistics uh, just to see that the Buffalo Bills were in complete control of this entire game. And somehow, some way, the Buffalo Bills were, or not the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins were able to come away uh, out of this game with a win. Now, the big question that I had after this game, uh, 
ended was who do we give the credit of this game to? Obviously, there's two ways that we can see this. We can say that it's the quarterback who was able to pull, you know, the game. Yeah, was able to allow them to get the win. I guess there's more than one perspective you can take, but the biggest one is the quarterback. Then you can say you can credit to, credit it to the coach, or, or you can credit it to the defense. I think those are the big, the main three that you can credit a win to, uh, at least from your uh, what's in under your control as a team. Now on the flip side, uh, on your opponent's side, how what was it that allowed them to lose the game? Because just because you won does not mean that you were you did things that allowed you to win. It could have been that the team, the other opposite, the opposing team, was doing some things that had them lose a the game. So similarly, the quarterback could have lost in the game. It could have been the coach's play calling or the coach's time management or the coach could have lost in the game or the defense could have lost in the game. So let's break each of each one of those down for both of those teams. Let's start with Buffalo Bills. The quarterback. Did the quarterback lose them the game? There were some plays that you could have, you know, saw as questionable from Josh Allen. But for the most part, you cannot blame this loss on Josh Allen. There's no way that any Buffalo fan in their right mind would say Josh Allen was the reason why we lost this game. He threw for over 400 yards. He was spectacular throughout the game. It is not his fault that they were lost the game. So then let's move on to the coach. Did the coach make some, you know, bad calls or wasn't managing the time correctly or whatever? Possibly. I think the biggest question mark that you can attribute the coach to is at the very, very, very end of the game. Um, Josh Allen threw it out to Isaiah McKenzie and he was he caught the ball roughly around the numbers. And instead of running out of bounds for them to get a Hail Mary chance or field goal chance at the very, very end of the game, he tried to get a couple of moves in and tried to get upfield, which in turn resulted in them unable to, you know, spike the ball, stop the clock, and then allowing them to get a chance to have one more play. Obviously, you can attribute that to Isaiah McKenzie, and it obviously was his fault. But you can also attribute to that to the coaching staff and them not emphasizing to their players that we need to get out of bounds, we need to at least get a field goal, or at least get a Hail Mary chance, or whatever it is, we need to get one more play in before the end of the game to give us a chance to win. So I don't think you can necessarily blame that exclusively on um, Isaiah McKenzie solely. I think you can definitely attribute this loss to the coaching staff and not emphasizing that enough. But I do think that throughout the game, they did still, you can't entirely blame them for that, uh, for this loss. Um, now let's look at the defense. Did the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills defense, did they give up too many points? Well, no, actually, the, the, they were able to hold the Dolphins to 21 points. That's only three touchdowns, and that's really, really good as we compared to, you know, the Baltimore Ravens the week before giving up 40 bees. So it seems as if. The Bills themselves, at least on their side, the only possibility that we can point to for the reason why they lost, at least for the main reasons, you know, the overlaying reasons, could be the coaching staff, at least from the Buffalo Bills side. 
On the other hand, for the Dolphins, uh, you know, Tua didn't necessarily, obviously he didn't have the ball a ton. Uh, obviously, as we can see from the time of possession and the number of offensive plays they were able to run, including the total yardage. But uh, you can't necessarily point and say Tua was the reason why they won the game. Now, uh, to credit Tua, he did make some very timely and explosive plays uh, when they did have the ball, allowing them to get to the 21-point total uh, and allow them to get a come away with a two-point win. But uh, it's not like you can say that Tua was the sole reason or a major reason as to why they, uh, they were able to win the game, uh, mainly because obviously he, he didn't have a lot of time with the ball, but also uh, close to the end of the first half, he did come down, hit his head pretty hard, which could be a bit of a concern, it could potentially be uh, a concussion, although um, it was he was not... Um, uh, it was they, I think they attributed it to back spasms or a problem with his back for the reason why uh, after he got hit and got up, he kind of stumbled before um, he was able to uh, come out of the, or come off and, and allowing them to check on him. So uh, hopefully Tua is, is going to be a lot better, but um, I think that's another reason why you can't really say that Tua is the main reason or you can... Uh, I guess, attribute a bulk of, um, you know, the win to him. Uh, The coaching staff, Mike McDaniels, I think he made uh, really, really great calls, uh, gutsy calls, and he he came prepared with his defense, which is another thing that I want to get to, is they were able to hold the Buffalo Bills to 19 points, um, or 17 points, uh, plus the, the safety uh, from the punting team, but I guess 19 points, which you can win a lot of games if you're holding uh, the opposing quarterback to 19 points. You can win a lot of games if you can if you can do that as a defense. So I think the biggest factor is Mike McDaniel's is the coach of the year this season. I think without any question, you can see that he has arrived as a a qualified and uh, amazing young coach for this league. And he has put his stamp on the Miami Dolphins season this year and has coached this team amazingly. He's built an offense around Tua that is explosive and dynamic and a defense that is able to uh, have a strong secondary and up front is, is solid as well. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to what Mike McDaniel is able to do, uh, obviously throughout the rest of this season, but uh, throughout the rest of his career as a head coach as well. So um, the big question for the Miami Dolphins is, are they the best team in the AFC? And in my personal opinion, I don't think that's true. I still have the Buffalo Bills, although they are coming out of this game a little banged up. A lot of injuries um, are coming out of this, but... They are still my Super Bowl picks, um, although because of the injuries, especially to Micah Hyde, um, I believe that like the chances of them coming out of the AFC and then obviously winning the Super Bowl is a lot lowered now that you know they're catching a bit of a bad break with the number of players that are coming out of this game a little injured and nicked. Um, but I do look forward to seeing them make a big run in the postseason. 
But no, the, the Miami Dolphins are not the best team in the AFC. Um, you know, they, they obviously they are three and zero. You can't take that away from them. But I think as a team, as a whole, and just what what we have seen from them, uh, the Bill, Buffalo Bills are just a more seasoned, uh, a more proven team than the Miami Dolphins are. Now, at the end of the season, you know, could the Dolphins be the number one seed? Could they be, you know, get a, a first round bye? Absolutely. But uh, I, I think as a constructed, you know, offense, defense, as a, as a constructed team, I do think that the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC despite losing this game to the Dolphins. And I think we will be able to look forward to uh, their upcoming rematch that they'll have, uh, you know, on game two for them. I'm really, really looking forward to that matchup. And hopefully it'll be a revenge game for the Buffalo Bills. The second team that I want to talk about is the Philadelphia Eagles. And they went up against the Washington Commanders in a 24-8 to win for them. Um... I, last episode, uh, I did mention how we didn't really see a huge statement game out of Jalen Hurts. And I wasn't prepared to say that he has arrived to the league. Unlike with Tua, who obviously the week before made an amazing statement game with 465 yards and six touchdowns. I do think, although it is not to the same level as what Tua made... And this is still up against a Washington football team. I do think that this is a this is the type of game that we can attribute and say this is the game that shows that Hurts has arrived and he will be a starting quarterback into the future for the Philadelphia Eagles. He has improved his passing. Obviously, last season we saw him as a runner uh, on the ground. He was able to um, lead them to a playoff berth. Or, or, or I guess a playoff spot. But in this game, uh, he threw uh, 22 of 35 uh, for 340 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Devonta Smith had eight receptions for 169 yards and a touchdown. A.G. Brown had five receptions for 85 and a touchdown. And uh, Dallas Gardner was the other player who came away with a touchdown as well. But uh, this Eagles team looks amazing. They look uh, poised. They look prepared. They uh, they just look like they're they're well coached. Uh, I, I think is the the uh, the best way that I can explain it is they're they're like a well oiled machine. They look seasoned. They look like they're they they they're coming with uh with like a a new and bigger passion to win, a fire to win. And Jalen Hurts is at the head of that snake. And the, he has a, a, a chemistry with A.J. Brown. And similarly to Tua, uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't need to be the best quarterback. He doesn't need to do uh, everything. He doesn't need to carry the entire load and the entire uh, responsibility of the offense. In fact, all he has to do is get the ball in the hands of his playmakers and Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. Get them the ball and let them show their talent and have them 
playmate and win you the game. Jalen Hurts doesn't need to be Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or, or, or Justin Herbert. He doesn't need to have to do everything. Um, similarly to Tua, uh, he doesn't need to throw receivers open all the time. In fact, he can just wait until his receivers are open and just get them the ball in the perfect spot, in perfect timing, and allow them to make the plays on their own. Uh, they're, in my opinion, this is going to be tough to say, but they're probably, as of week three, the best team in the NFC. That's crazy to say. Absolutely crazy to say. Because obviously the Super Bowl chances are still in their division. But they just look so good. They look so good. Their offense is running. Their defense looks solid with a secondary uh, headed by, you know, Darius Slay. If if they're not the best team, at the very least, I can confidently say they are the best team in the NFC East. They're, 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 obviously, they beat the Commanders. They're going to beat the Giants. They're a better team than the Giants. They're a better team than the Cowboys right now. They, they're going to make a playoffs. They're going to seal up this division. And I, I want to see how deep they can go in the playoffs uh, in the postseason. And, and what Jalen Hurts can show us uh, throughout the rest of the year, but they they are they look so they're so fun to watch with dynamic playmakers. They are just such a good team, and I, I personally did not expect them to be this good this fast. Obviously, everyone was talking about I mean, uh, the impact that AJ Brown would bring to this team, obviously offensively, but he is made an, an incredible impact on Jalen Hurts and allowing him to uh, feel a lot more comfortable as a quarterback. Obviously, he did put in a lot of work uh, throwing the ball, but allowing A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith to to play make on that offensive end and for Jalen Hurts to just be able to get the ball to them, play make, is, is amazing for both of them and for the team as a whole. Um. I did mention in the last episode that, uh, you know, with the NBA season coming up pretty soon, that we would soon be talking about uh, NBA news. But um, with the Ime Udoka suspension, this was not news that I wanted to talk about. But I do think that it is an important news that we do have to address. So for those who don't know, uh, it was tweeted that the Boston Celtics head coach Ime Udoka is facing possible dis- disciplinary action, including a significant suspension for an unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. Discussions are ongoing within the Celtics on a final determination, and it has been announced that Ime Udoka has agreed to a full season suspension for the 2022-2023 season. Now, uh, what has been tweeted, and well, what was initially tweeted um, on September 22nd at 1.50 p.m. by Shams was that Celtics coach Ime Udoka had an improper 
intimate and consensual relationship with a female member of the team staff, sources tell at the Athletic at Stadium, and it's been deemed as a violation of the franchise's code of conduct. Um, so before we get into the allegations and uh, what this means is this is a really sensitive topic and uh, I obviously not all the information on this situation has come out. Uh, I did want to wait a little bit longer to discuss this, but I do think that is important uh, as a basketball community to talk about this and uh, shed light on uh, what is going on in you know the NBA world right now before the start of the NBA season. Uh, so I do want to tread this uh, topic with caution, but uh, without further ado, let's discuss on what it is. Uh, I don't really want to discuss specifically on this situation itself and share my opinion on it, obviously because we don't have all the information and the Boston Celtics do want to, uh, they don't really, they, they are choosing not to share uh, the name of who it is that Udoka had that consensual relationship with. with. Um, so until further notice and until further information has come out, um, I'm going to uh, withhold my opinion uh, on this topic until that is announced. Um, and then I'll be able to, I guess, have a more, uh, I guess, more informed opinion on what the actual situation is. But I do think that we can instantly share uh, our ideas and our opinions on how this will affect uh, the Boston Celtics season because one thing for sure that we do know is that Udoka is going to be suspended for the entirety of the 2022-2023 season. So it has been announced that the Boston Celtics will be uh, having Joe Manzullo as their new head coach as the replacement as long as uh, Udoka is out with this suspension. Um, So what does this mean? The Boston Celtics are obviously were the team that did lose in the finals and they are uh, the, at least in most NBA fans' eyes, the favorites to win this next uh, NBA, NBA uh, you know, finals championship. Um, but I do think that with them losing a uh, a coach that led them to the finals and who is a presence in that locker room, who is able to command uh, the the attention and the respect of his players, um, comments have come out from the players that this suspension, the news of the suspension of the of the scandal is it, it was surprising to them and um, many people were discussing that possibly Brad Stevens would come down but they have um, obviously installed <clears throat> they have installed uh, Joe Masula as the new head coach um, does this mean that the Celtics are not a finals contender anymore um, I, necess- I don't think so necessarily. Obviously, they are coming back with roughly the same core uh, players, um, but they are making additions to that with players like Danilo Gallinari and Malcolm Brogdon, so they are 
you know, obviously getting better as a team. And so uh, it's interesting to see um, how Missoula will come into this head coaching role basically out of nowhere. Um, but it's, it'll be interesting to see how much of an impact he can make um, because this team is uh, looking to make a full you know, a full run deep into the playoffs uh, with this entire roster constructed uh, as, you know, the way that it's constructed. And so if I was a Boston Celtics fan, I would be a tad bit concerned. Um, It's just hard to say uh, with the situation how much of a distraction it could possibly become for not only the, the players, um, but for the organization as a whole. Um, it's going to be difficult to say now um, how uh, of an, how much of, of a loss it will be, uh, you know, to not have someone like Udoka in that locker room. But I really do look forward to... Missoula being able to step up into this new role and uh, get the team focused on what true what's truly their end goal, which is to win the cha- NBA championship. Um, and obviously, once more information, more news is gonna once once they do come out, uh, we'll be talking a little bit more in depth uh, on that, and I'll be sharing my personal opinion on the uh, on the situation but um like i said i want to make this video a little bit shorter this episode a little bit shorter so i hope you enjoy uh, a little bit of an of a late uh, announcement that we're making here at the end of the episode we are now uh you can now find us on google podcast now uh at the same name the takeaway podcast um so download that and you guys can listen to it in your car or when you're walking uh you can you know obviously you can still Watch us on YouTube, give us a like, uh, you know, comment, subscribe. Um, but I hope you have enjoyed um, this short but amazing episode. Uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Stay positive, stay motivated, and have a nice day.